recording. Noise. Okay. Toby, shut up. No more snoring. Uh, okay, you done humming? Because I, I, mean, I was going to throw it in here. Okay. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> Hello, Rip City! To all of you in town and out of town and in every corner of the interwebs, thank you for tuning in. Here with you from Hood River, my name is Keith Feltner-Smith, and here with me, as always, the master of segues, the master of studio production, or studio building, I guess, as well as the master of race car chairs. Let's, like, let's just say the racing chairs thing that really throws it. I guess gaming chairs, but it looks like a race car chair where you're sitting there. Yeah? Christopher Joseph Burkhardt, how are you doing, buddy? Totally sounded like he said master of race card. And I'm like, what the <laughs> hell do you even mean? Race, 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 what? race oh card. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. I'll, maybe I'll cut that one up. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just saying, like, it, it's like you've got this blue light going in your room over there, uh, and, but you have this nice yellow bumblebee chair that stands up behind you. So it, it's, uh, yeah. Hey. It's a race car chair. People can't see because we're on a podcast, but the mood lighting is going up. I told you that I want to get the, the the video component of this. I've been telling you this since I first joined this pod in like October, or September, wherever the heck it was. Who's and you're like, oh, I'm gonna do it, Chris. Shh, Chris, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna move. I'm gonna. All I gotta do is move to the new house, and then I'm gonna get into my office. And then what'd you do? You moved to the new house. Are you in the office? No, you're still in your oh. living room. And now you get. Now you put it. Now you put a cool background up so I don't have to see your <laughs> kitchen. So that's good. So then I said, okay, this is the deal. What's gonna happen first, Keith? I'm gonna build a brand new studio because my wife said I could. Or you're gonna get your computer moved to your office. Well, but and he, you're like, oh, I like that. And now you're sweating bullets because I told you I ran around town today getting all the pieces, and I said I got a 95% chance that this is the last time you see this setup because the studio will be done. For hey, I was clear last time, man. I, I I was saying from the beginning, my money's on you. I, I didn't think that I was gonna beat you to this. Uh, and look, I'm I, you keep saying it. I just need to move my computer upstairs 50 feet or whatever. It's not just that. We have the room upstairs. Right now, the room is full of boxes uh, of a Bowflex, of a number of other things where like, it's kind of Abby's studio right now, but eventually the plan will be when I get my desk that's in the garage, when I disassemble the desk in the garage, get that one up the stairs because it's too big to bring it up the stairs without disassembling. When I get that up there and can set up my computer on there and get the microphone crane and the video cameras all synced up and ready to go, We'll be good. It'll it'll happen quickly once it happens. It's just it's not happening yet. Just put it on your back porch there. Have that have that snowfall, <laughs> three feet of snow on the dumpster. Oh man, the you, you don't want it on the back porch right Every now. single episode, people can pay attention to see how much more of the gnome is showing, if at all. The, the gnomes are buried. Actually, it's I think, like an interactive set. I, I think I may have seen the gnomes cap this morning, and then it has started snowing again since then, uh, and the gnomes have disappeared. Uh, it, it's just an but I'll, avalanche. Hey. All I'm saying is the studio is coming. And once the studio is coming, all you listeners who like listening to me, which if you do enjoy listening to me, there's probably something wrong with you. But thank you anyway. Um, I'm going to start some of my own stuff. I'm going to be, I'm going to, I plan to do some, some twitching of, of video game Ooh. playing, whether it be some Red Dead or 2K or whatever. Maybe start some of my own YouTube stuff doing just general sports or whatever the hell it is. Just trying to get some stuff out there. Um, yeah, it will be fun. It'll absolutely be I'm fun. Assuming so this I'm, will, I'm assuming this is all through the Trailcasters Discord that you're doing these things through. You know, just 
trying to get. Uh, we'll see. The Chris Burkhardt Discord. Grow our community, bro. Okay, well. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm putting some time and effort into this, son. Well, if, if Chris isn't going to help. I threw on my, on my other podcast that I've talked about with you before, Just Two Fans yes. with Eli Johnson and Jamie Friedland. Shout out. Hey, hey. Fans who love to talk sports. I dropped. We recorded last night for this week and I dropped the Trailcaster reference I was like on my other podcast Trailcasters where we talk oh. nothing but Blazers I was like like share subscribe come listen to us they both gave me the look they're like oh shameless self promotion on your <laughs> other pod on our podcast boo and so I called them out right then and there I was like no that's bullshit because I was like if you guys were true friends and fans and listened to the Trailcasters podcast you would know that for like the last we month I shouted you guys out at least once per yeah, episode yeah Shout out to the Just So Two don't fans, get mad man. at me because hey. I shouted out Trailcasters on yours and they just left. And then Eli just looks at me and he's like, I feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, and of course, they did not care that I shouted us out. But hey, I'm trying to grow it. I'm trying to grow it anywhere I get a chance. Come listen to Trailcasters. Uh, shout out to Eli and Jamie on hey. the Just Two Fans podcast. Yeah, we promote them all the time over here. We, we are down with them. It's a great show. If you're not, if you're into. Uh, college football sports other than just the Blazers go and check out Eli and Jamie and Chris on the Just Two Fans podcast maybe eventually they might even have me on there who knows we, we could pressure them into having me on as a guest I'll go in and, and we'll shoot the breeze on. for a bit we'll let you on. I'll talk about a bunch of things I don't know anything about if they're talking about anything other than Blazers or Timbers oh you'll be fine no one on the podcast myself included knows what the hell they're talking <laughs> about we just talk most of the time we just crack beers and talk about the earthy aromas and the, the malts and the hops coming from whatever <laughs> beer we're drinking and get a little buzz and have some fun but i'm just saying when i have a platform i let them know about trailcasters baby we'll get more to uh other podcasts and other platforms and other media stuff in a little bit but for now chris before we get all that let's let's go through the love hugs and hate mail the opening segment was supposed to be the opening segment of our show uh these days who are you sending your love to this week how are you feeling Where, where's where's your love going my love all of my love goes to the Las Vegas Aces for hiring love. Becky Hammond as head coach. Much deserved. Nice However, I really wish she would have gone to New York so that she could have gone back to the team she played for and paired with uh, Sabrina Unescu. That would have been a amazing pairing uh, between coach and player. But so good for her. So good. It's, it's really cool to see her get a chance. Uh, a little disappointing. You might have been the one that pointed this out on Twitter, uh, but multiple people did. Um, that I saw that Becky Hammond said that you know the big that she has interviewed for head coaching jobs in the NBA, and the biggest hangup was that you have she had no experience as a head coach. And then Portland went and hired a guy who had no, experience, no experience as a head coach. <laughs> so it's like it's just like the standard is obviously set as to what like what they're looking for. They're looking they're looking for a man. Yeah, which is yeah. freaking horse. Like, I, I, I personally I personally don't think Becky Hammond should have been the hire for Portland. I was in the camp of Mike Dan. And that's okay. I honestly thought he would have been really, really good. But to dis, to discount any of the work Becky Hammond has done as an assistant under Greg Popovich and to go with the people tell her, oh, it's just because you don't have experience as a head coach. Like, Ime Udoka didn't have experience as a head coach. He got a job. Chauncey Billups didn't have experience as a head coach. He got a job. Like, and you know what's going to happen next is three, four, five years from now, she's going to get an interview with the NBA, and then they're going to be like, oh, well, 
Yeah, we see that you have some head coaching experience, but you haven't coached in the NBA, in the NBA at all for like yeah. five years now. <laughs> you spent so the last five years. It'd be really helpful NBA. if you took an yeah. assistant job. Like it's just like it's stupid. It's stupid. It's horrible. Good on the WNBA though for getting her, her chance, and honestly, it's huge. I think it's huge for the WNBA when it just comes to cross promotion a little bit because the WNBA has been trying the last couple years really, really hard to get the NBA to really back it and get behind it and the players uh lebron james's chris paul's right damian lillard's the players who have showed up to these WNBA games have showed a ton of support have obviously helped that but there's also a huge camp of player of, of fans who love becky hammond and don't necessarily watch as much nba uh, WNBA because you know the amount of free time that you have is limited and they love the nba so that's what they're watching but i think there's just going to be a lot of people who are just going to cross over now like we were fans of becky hammond i want to see what she does in las vegas and i'm i'm personally going to be one of them like i'm i'm excited to see what she does with them yeah it's, they're already a good team and she's she's a great coach so that's where all my love is going man straight to the aces and becky hammond let's go aces yeah uh liz Cambage, they, they've got a great te- team down there becky hammond is only going to help uh she's a quality coach could have been an nba coach uh maybe one day will be but, yeah, let's see how she does with the Aces. That's going to be a, a fun season to watch. I like it. My love this week is going to the NBA. Uh, someone in particular. Uh, someone close to home. I'm a little surprised it didn't get taken with the first pick over on your end with the love. Anthony Simons, man. How can you not love what he just did the other night? We're going to talk more about his game against the Hawks in a minute. But he is the youngest player the Blazers have ever had that scored 35 points. But that was like in 2019. Now he is also the youngest player the Blazers ever had to score 40 points. Really just coming around. He had a really poor December, but to see him start 2022 this way, it felt good. Can he claim the ant now after a game like that? <laughs> go back to Minnesota he, and say, hey. No, no, no. I, look at me. I am the ant now. No, you're right. No, like, no, no. I'm not, I'm not for it, man. He's, he's, he's. Anthony Simons, not Anthony Simons. So uh, if, if we're, we're either calling him Anth or we're calling him Penny. I'm going Penny Simons. Penny Simons had a career high. 43, was it 43 points the other night? He had 43 points uh, against the Hawks. And uh, yeah, Penny Simons, real real shining player for the Blazers right now, Penny Simons is. Where's your hugs going, Chris? <laughs> My hugs. And to be fair, my love was going to go to Ant until I pivoted to Becky Hammond because I was like, yeah, choose to Becky. can't both give it to Ant because I knew you were going to give it to him. My <laughs> hugs are going to the snowstorm that was. Aw, you were so nice. I loved you. <laughs> I was high enough to just get get uh, about, you know, probably like four inches. The kids enjoyed it. And uh, of all my time living here and growing up in Portland, it was one of the best snowstorms because there was no ice involved. There was none of this, hey, we're going to give you 12 inches of snow and then six inches of ice and then ice for another six days and then you're screwed. No, it was nice. It was fluffy. And then the rain came and it melted away. No major hazards. Gets a hug. <laughs> that's, uh, that, that's, that's very sweet. That's very nice of you. I hope you noticed that this is uh, the first week in like the last four that I haven't gone snow for my love. I, I, you know, I, I thought that was worth something. I, I'm, I'm trying to be fresh here. I'm trying to mix it up. Give Anthony's having some credit. My, uh, my hug this week, though, uh, it's kind of personal. Maybe a little uh, uh, more of a, uh, an adult audience perspective here, but we'll try and keep it clean. My dog, Q. Uh, about a year and eight months old, I think is about where we're at right now. No, yeah, yeah, somewhere on there. Uh, he, he got fixed. He lost his, uh, 
<laughs> okay, fine. It's not so clean, but uh, yeah, uh, he he's uh, he's been this dog romps. This dog like has been loving the snow. He's a complete just just mushing snow dog going around in like two or three two two or so feet deep snow that we've had here in Hood River. Uh, but yeah, he he finally got fixed the other day. We've been meaning to do it for a while, and and uh, finally found the time to get it get it done after he's kind of had his growing. Uh, and, and yeah, he's, uh, he doesn't get to play outside anymore for, for the next 10 days. I feel bad for the guy, so hugs going to queue. I'm probably gonna have to censor a lot of that. Or just, you know, for Hugs taste. away, baby. Hugs away. Hugs away. How about your hate mail? I got no hate this week. What? All love. No hate at all? New year, new me. Oh, man. New year, new me. No hate. Just a little bit of disgruntled, uh, you know, time management issues on Keith Feltner Smith's end. But I didn't want to hate it. I didn't want to hate it. He's a sensitive guy. I didn't want to get him upset. But uh, no hate today. No hate today. Uh. No. Actually, actually, New Year, New Me, the oh. New Year's resolution, resolution already over. There is some hate. Who you got? My hate goes to our corporate sponsor, who's not our sponsor, Safeway. Because my wife, my wife doesn't go out to the store. She doesn't. She doesn't want to deal with with COVID and all that stuff. So she places the online orders. Okay, she says deliver them to my house. That's great. Well, I was doing some running around today trying to build the stuff for the studio. She's over at her mom's taking care of some of the stuff for the business that they run. And then she calls me and she's like, "How close are you to home?" I'm like, "Probably like ten minutes." Why? And she's like. Safeway guys at the house and he won't deliver the food unless someone is there. And I'm like, can you just tell him it's okay? He's like, she's like, I told him it's okay to leave it on the porch, but he won't do it. He says that they can't. And I go, well, that's weird because we've showed up after doing some errands before and had the groceries on our porch. So <laughs> yeah, they obviously can. Also, you know, they said they're going to deliver it between one and five. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. It's like it's like dealing with Concast cable, right? right. Like, we'll be there sometime between noon today and Thursday. <laughs> like, dude, I'm not putting my life on hold because you can't give me a window. Just drop the stuff off. We'll be good to go. Like, especially if I gave you the okay, right? So she's like, I'll be there. I was like, I'll be there in 10, 15 minutes. So Danielle, that's what she tells the delivery person there. And I was 15 minutes was I, I was there in at the house. I pull up. And like he's trying to reload the stuff back into the truck, and he just looks really? at me. first. Off, he's blocking my driveway, so I got to park in the in the road. And he's like, he doesn't even say hi or anything. He just points to my house. He's like, "Is that your your house?" I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "Okay." <laughs> I walk over to grab bags to help him. He doesn't even look at me. Grabs all the bags he can in one hand just to prove a point. Angrily walks all the way up my driveway, throws them on the porch, and I'm like, "Hey, man, thanks." And he's like, Meh. and why? Like, oh my god. Uh, pissed at me like i'm sorry that you can't just leave the stuff on the porch like every other delivery driver in the freaking world <laughs> especially when the person who placed the order called you and said hey it's okay to leave it on oh my, my porch God. like i'm giving you the okay and the, i always hate when people go to the well it's our policy Bull it's your policy because every other delivery person has left it on the porch <laughs> like it's not your policy like and if it is not everyone else is following it I, I don't know what's going on but dude if i if i ask you to deliver something and then i say yeah you can leave it on the porch leave it on the porch like annoying and then act, like act all disgruntled because like you had to wait an extra 10 minutes like here's the thing like like i said earlier if you told me you're gonna deliver between one and five 
I'm not putting my life on hold for five hours. If you're going to tell me you're going to be there at two and I'll make sure I'm there at two o'clock. Right. But I'm not putting my life on hold just so I can get some ego waffles, bro. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I could expand so much. I, I'm, I'm 100% with you on this, this rant. I, 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 we could probably just do a whole pod on, on Safeway and, and their policies or, or their lack of policies. The way they say, oh, we can't really enforce that kind of thing. I'm like, oh, really? Because I can go to the Safeway 20 minutes on the road. And they do. They'll enforce it. But you don't. <laughs> I didn't even put two and two together that your story from earlier involved <laughs> Safeway. A story that's not on the pod at the moment. Hey, I would do personally, I'd do some more new seasons because that's close. But they want like... They want a brick of gold and <laughs> the deed to your house to have a loaf of bread. So, hey, screw that, man. Get your bread from from uh, from from Keith Felder Smith from Rip City Keith and Trailcasters. Get your yeah. You want you want deliver it to my doorstep either. You won't I'll even deliver get it, it out to your from doorstep. Car it's just seat when I'm in the a car. More, uh, more costly for <laughs> delivery time. <laughs> All right, uh, All right Keith. We're like almost twenty Where's minutes in. Let me go? get this hate mail going, then we'll get on the actual Blazers pod here. Uh, my hate mail for the week: snow, man. Snow, Jesus! Like I, I've had a lot of fun in the snow the last couple weeks, but this is a uh, this is just getting crazy. I've never lived here. I've never lived. I've never lived anywhere that snowed this much. I've never lived at like it's it snowed two feet in twenty four hours the other day, and I thought that was a lot. And apparently it was a lot. It's not average around here or anything, but it's just kept going, man. And then today I'm trying to I'm out there trying to dig our car out of the snow that was dug out the day before. And people are driving by like I don't exist. They're, they're driving by and just like literally a wave of slush going up and over me. It's like, do you not see a person here with a, a, a bright yellow shovel trying to dig their car out? No sympathy, no no slowing down to 20 miles an hour or something like that. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm ready to, I'm ready for spring. I'm ready to get on with this. All this, all this, these weeks and weeks of love. And here you are turning your back on <laughs> All snow ever did was love you, Keith. <laughs> Not anymore, man. My snow loved the dog, and and now he now he can't even play in the snow. He's he's got to stay inside for the next ten days. All right, let's make this actually about basketball. Let's move forward a little bit here. Uh, starting broad, start on the full NBA spectrum. Let's go with the rumor mill, Chris. Zion is rehabbing in Portland. I feel like this obviously means he's done with the Pelicans. He doesn't want to be there anymore. He doesn't want to be in New Orleans. <sighs> New Orleans. He wants to play basketball in New Orleans. I want to come. I, if I'm anyone, if if anyone wants to play basketball in New Orleans, I want to go to the Northwest, play basketball in Portland. Zion, I think it seems fairly uh, obvious at this point that he's trying to maneuver and show his favor for the Blazers. So uh, uh, what, what do you think? How, what were the chances that Zion ends up in Portland and what do the Blazers have to give up to get him? Pretty much a done deal. They probably <laughs> yeah. only have to give up CJ Ellaby. Oh, CJ Ellaby for Zion. Is done. I mean, I don't Lock know if I in. do it. CJ's got a lot of upside. <laughs> lot of upside. Don't know if I'd be willing to part with him for Zion. Listen, CJ's getting minutes over uh, Greg Brown right now, so he's obviously got something like Greg Brown, who's getting uh, he got a an actual NBA contract, then he's getting passed over for all the ten day contracts and for CJ Ellaby yeah. uh, when we have several other yeah. guards. So you know, 
Whatever. Upside, baby. Uh, here's the thing. Let's just realistically, though, you, you ask what we have to give up for Zion. I think that is a riddle. Like, wait, uh, so does do anybody you think he's know? Like, what, what would you? What is he actually on the board? Then you think he's a? Is he movable from the Pelicans? Is he movable from the Pelicans? I think absolutely he's movable. But I think, but my point is, like, what you give up for it is a riddle because. Like you look at CJ McCollum, and we we argue that CJ is probably your your most valuable asset, or you know money wise, and then Ant is probably your most valuable when it comes to a young guy to trade. Potential talent. But like, is that what you're giving up to get Zion at this moment? Because Zion is is he hasn't proven anything. He's proven that he's good when he's healthy, but he's also he's proven that he's not healthy, and by all reports, overweight as well. Mm-hmm. So like, there's a lot of things you have to deal with, and uh, I'm not saying like. I, it's a bad thing. Like I'm not dogging him because there's reports that he's overweight. Like it happens, and I've I've seen pro athletes go from overweight to back in shape in minutes because they're freaks. Like that's just what they do. But the thing, the point is, when the reports are that he that he's he's obviously not in game shape, the foot's not healing how how they thought, and other lingering injuries. Like, what is his value? Because I don't know if you're giving up all your best assets to get him when you don't know what you're getting in return. Like, so I think it's an I think it's a very very interesting question to ask Keith because I don't know what you'd give up. Like, would I give up CJ McCollum and Ant for Zion? Probably because the upside with that guy is through the roof. But at the same time, like, he, there's a giant question mark with Zion. He like his sample size is so small that you just you still. Don't know what you're getting and, and, and how he fits into your lineup, right? Like Ben Simmons, you know. You know exactly how he could fit into right, your lineup right. in Portland. You know what he would bring. Zion, you know he brings athleticism and, and you know that he's he's a big and right, but you powerful, but you can't but just like, you can't suddenly just structure the entire offense around Zion. Like you still have presumably no, you still have Dame or other players in the license in the lineup where yeah, you're not just gonna make it all about getting him buckets. I mean, I, I would love Zion, the, the what comes with him and the upside, but he'd be fun to watch, man. Yeah. He'd be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. I think but I just think like like I said, like I just I just think that like what would you give up for Zion? Like that is a riddle because I just you know that he you know that at his best he's worth your best assets. But as a as a damaged good at the moment, what is he worth? Like yeah, it's a that's an inch obviously I hasn't played a game. Hasn't played a game this season yet. Only played 24 games his his rookie year and 61 games last year. So he's played in three seasons now in the NBA. He's played 85 games. That's the, that's the Greg Oden trajectory. Yeah, that really you know is. What I mean? yeah. so, <laughs> that's, it's actually yeah. very, very similar to Greg Oden's uh, performance for the first couple seasons. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, hey, listeners, if you have an opinion on Zion and maybe what you would give up from the Blazers if you're trying to trade for Zion... Come and join our Discord. Let us know what you think on there. The link is in the episode description, uh, as well as you can find any of the times that we're doing our spaces during the early week. We always put our, out our Discord link there. But yeah, please come and join our Discord in the episode description. Tell us what you think about Zion uh, possibly joining the Blazers. What kind of trade rumors can we get going there? Let's go from the on-court editions like Zion uh, to the, or sorry, the theoretical on-court editions like Zion to the actual additions in the coaching staff. We have some nepotism, Chris, uh, happening in the Blazers' uh, front office. Chauncey Billups has hired his younger brother, uh, Rodney Billups. Was it Rodney? Is that right? 
Yeah. Yeah. Chauncey Billups has hired uh, his younger brother, Rodney Billups, uh, to the coaching staff as an assistant. This is reported by Chris Haynes. Should we care? Should we be pissed that there's, uh, again, No, nepotism, I don't think so. But I will quote. say that. I will say that I had to Google Rodney Billups. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't know when I first saw the tweet notification jump on my phone, if, if they had misspelled Rodney Hood or misspelled Chauncey Billups. <laughs> like I was. I'm not even. Bold, I was no, confused yeah. for a minute. I'm like, Rod. Oh, Chauncey has a brother. Like recently enough, relating cool. to the Blazers, that yeah, both names seem to kind of like I could see the typo going either way. Uh, but. Um, interesting move, an interesting move. And here's the thing: this is one thing I'll tell you that I I, I don't like about it is I'm sure you've been in professional settings as well as I have, where you've seen this. Nothing good comes when the person in charge hires friends and family mm. all the time. Mm. Like that's just it's just nothing good comes of it. I I've seen it happen too many times that's why half the time you know i tell my dad like dad that's why that's why i can't work for you right now nothing good happens when you hire friends and family so <laughs> it's, you can't trust me dad you can't you can't yeah chris is not a trustworthy trustworthy person i think the bottom line <laughs> but no you get you get no no again joking aside you get what i'm saying though like, <laughs> yeah. like there's times where it works out like i yeah this guy's my friend but i hired him because his work speaks for itself and you guys will not be disappointed. Guy comes in and you're not disappointed, right? This one, when you have to Google the guy to make sure they even spelled his name right and then go, his coaching prowess is what? Like, <laughs> his NBA experience is what? His yep. his expertise is what? Yep. That just screams to me of, of Chauncey Billups. Had someone who needed, needed a job and a little extra oomph. And he gave him that little extra and said, all right, I got a spot for you, which is cool. I'm, I mean, here's the thing. Like, I'm not completely dogging it because if I were in a position of power right, yeah. and I could help my, bro my brother better his career, I'm probably going to give my brother a chance. And we've talked about this before. A chance. Like, like, I'm just saying, I don't know anything about Rodney Billups. And like, I don't know if it's good or not. We, we've talked about this before where it's, it's good to support the people that you can kind of like, you know, kind of like the, the whole rising tide idea. If, if, if you work with someone else, if you're kind of coming up together and you can help bring someone else into a new opportunity, that's a huge thing. You, Chris, you helped me when I had you back as a guest on this fledgling podcast, you helped me uh, kind of finagle that into a job in the real actual industry of NBA basketball, NBC sports. And then now I have helped maybe kind of finagle that whole thing into getting you twisting your arm and getting you onto this podcast here itself. Uh, the point being here, it, it's, it's not bad to help the people around you to help kind of help people come up uh, when you can. And I'm going to, let me just be clear. I'm forever grateful of the opportunity you've given. And in the same sense, we, I feel like we talk to other podcasters it's good to be friendly with people not be like sure we may be competitive in a sense but it's i feel like it's much more beneficial for all of us to help grow the the the, the blazers podcast community around each other so i get it i get the side where okay yeah chauncey says hey here's my brother trying to come up come up in the coaching circles let me try and you know kind of reach out an arm help him uh kind of get a get a step up here but is it helping the Blazers is maybe the real question that fans are going to be more concerned about of than, uh, than whether or not it's helping Chauncey's younger brother. Uh, we'll see. 
I also don't know how much influence he's really going to have. It's not like he's coming in and replacing, let's say, Scott Brooks or someone else who like took the place of Chauncey when when uh, the head coach had to go into health and safety protocols. So it's a move on the fringes. It's not a big deal, but it's fun to joke about the nepotism and, and the idea of like, oh, how dare Chauncey help someone close to him? Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't necessarily. Yeah, it's like I said, it's more of a joke. I don't know if I'd go that deep. I just think it's uh like I said, it's it's it was a chance to give him a, give him a shot, and it's not like he's he doesn't have any coaching experience. But as we just alluded to, I mean, with old Becky Hammond, that's always a cop out. Yeah, right? there, there's experience. There, there's there. lots of qualified. Hey, people maybe, are we sure he's even? Are, is he still here? Are we sure that this wasn't like a coach ten day hire? Because <laughs> they didn't have enough uh, coaches to to meet to meet the league minimum. <laughs> That's entirely possible, man. I'm not keeping up with all the latest rules. They, their value very well could be a thing. We saw literally as Coach Billups got back from health and safety protocols, Coach Brooks entered it. So basically, whoever has that head coaching position, who's whoever's out there yelling at players on the coach or on the court, <laughs> is uh, is at risk. Yeah, it doesn't really hurt anything, Keith. That's the point. I mean, it like like you're saying, saying go. It's not like he's, you know, jumping in and he's ahead of Scott Brooks or or anything. Like he's he's just on the staff and he's there to help. And yeah, I don't necessarily see a problem with it. Yeah, he's not taking over for Roy Rogers or anything. Yeah, he's he's good. I'm good with it. Uh, let's fun fact though. I just typed it in just to look first randomly, and Nate Tibbetts' Blazer page is still active. So if you type in Nate Tibbetts in Google, it sends you to his, it says it's, there is still the webpage that says associate head, head coach Nate Tibbetts really? on the Blazer page. But then I tried to type in, or I tried to go to the Terry Stotts page. Nope, that one is. Oh. <laughs> Let's move forward by talking about the past a little bit here. We had a spaces last night before the, uh, before the game against the Hawks, we discussed uh, on spaces Really, really good conversation on there with a number of uh, other friends. Shout out to Alex from Unbiased Pod. Hey! They had uh, some buddies in there from the Busted Bucket podcast. Hey, hey! Uh, I believe Dia joined us hey! at one point. Many other friends uh, who I'm now suddenly forgetting names because I'm no good at this stuff. Uh, I don't think we saw Rocky, but he he's the the Twitter Spaces legend that I feel like he's always with us there, even if he's not in the conversation. <laughs> but, <laughs> anyway, we discussed a number of things. Uh, one of the topics that came up, CJ McCollum and his, his minutes and his return to the Blazers. One thing that I had not really thought about, Chris, that came up on Spaces, is it possible that CJ is maybe, I don't want to say delaying, but maybe not pushing for the quick return because of A, COVID and kind of the health scenario with the league right now. B, the Blazers may be being about to go on the road. And C, most importantly, CJ is expecting his uh, the birth of his child. And I can imagine, as someone pointed out in spaces, I think I believe it was Catherine, shout out to her, hey! pointing out that McCollum probably doesn't want to be on the road when his kid's born. He probably doesn't want to be in any sort of health and safety protocols, unable to be around the birth of his child or supporting his wife uh, at that point. So... Maybe he's just not super motivated to come back immediately. Does this kind of add up to you? I mean, there's obviously a lot of factors. I mean, if if she were anywhere close, I could understand where he's going to waste his time a little bit and and 
make sure that all gets in line. I mean, I don't know if you want to come back for one game and then leave again because your wife is giving birth. You don't want to be on the road because la- uh, I think the last thing you want to do in this circumstance is get on a plane because at that point, I mean, you're not getting on the charter, so you're going to have to fly commercial to get back. So I, I don't want to get on a plane with uh, all the protocols in place right now and then have to run the risk of testing positive and not even being able to you know, get into the hospital and, and be by your wife's side during the moment and, and all that. So yeah, I could see that. I also think there's probably slow play in this a little bit because with the COVID outbreak currently going on in the league and CJ recovering from an injury to the lungs, I mean, this disease attacks the lungs. So or this virus attacks the lungs. So I think there's probably some slow play there. I think it's just overall the smart play i think just playing it's safe making sure he's 100 percent ready to go and you never know maybe they're just playing it a little slow as well maybe it's a tipping of their hand that they're going into tank mode and just aren't fully going into tank mode yeah, but yeah there's a lot at play there but i wouldn't be surprised if, if he's slow playing a, a little bit keith and yeah, honestly do what you gotta do take care of the family first like I, as i said on space is the last thing that i want him to deal with during what should be a, a joyous moment is all the social media tryhards who think that there's no excuse for a player missing a game and it's the most unmanly thing to do to leave your team behind to go see the birth of your first child and to anyone who (laughs) wants to be on that hill kindly leave and make sure the door is closed behind you (laughs) it's awful it's awful dude like i'm sorry more important things out there even if i were a pro athlete the teams are cool uh, but uh guess what when i retire I'm still going to have my kids. They're there forever. They're mine. Like they're dude, far more important than any basketball game. It, it does not matter to me. And I will never, ever, 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 ever fault an athlete for missing a game to see the birth of their child. Similarly uh, to this, but maybe a little less, a uh, uh, little less intense, but man, not only a little less. Uh, we talked a lot last night on spaces about how social media has had an effect on journalism and kind of the i know this is kind of a hard pivot here but just the idea i I think there is a relation here as far as we're talking about how maybe social media and kind of the the fan perspective and the ability for the anonymous fan just kind of shout out at players when they're maybe doing something that beyond the sport itself uh here in a similar way social media the effect it's had on journalism how it has kind of changed the way players interact with journalists, the way the way fans kind of expect things of players and journalists as well, uh, we're seeing this kind of come to light most recently in this weird beef that has gone on between Damian Lillard and Jason Quick. There was some post game the other night where Dame is basically giving Quick one word or short answers for the most part, and then giving normal answers to other reporters. Eventually, one reporter asked him, "Hey, is something going on? What's bothering you?" And he kind of had a bit to say about again this is just paraphrasing but uh, essentially putting it on quick without saying jason quick but putting on putting on reporters like quick that uh you know finally here we are going through a hard spot and you don't have our back versus when maybe i think dame kind of again paraphrasing dame said something about when reporters have maybe gone through a harder spot or, or haven't had much to do dame isn't on them in the same way uh it's interesting. I, I think we can kind of relate to what Dame is saying, but also, Chris, like you and I talked about pre-show here, Jason Quick is doing his job. He wasn't necessarily doing anything 
wrong. He, he wasn't trying to call out Dame in ways, but there's this weird tension, I think, uh, that has kind of been exacerbated by social media, by this, uh, the way they, the way that everything is seen, everything is kind of maybe viewed in a different way. And, or at the very least, everything is viewed by someone close to Dame and then they can go and talk to Dame and report, Hey, so-and-so said this about you. Uh, and, and how does that come back? Uh, what, what do you think about this? How, how, how do you feel being a little, maybe it, with more of a direct perspective on the journalism side of things? Uh, it's, I mean, you're, your, your account of the press conference reminds me of a couple of years ago in OKC where there was the reporter that uh, Russell Westbrook just beefed with. Yeah, yeah. He was giving, he was giving short answers the entire press conference. And someone, like the, the, the reporter was like, is there something wrong? Like you having a bad day? Like why are you so angry? He's like, nope, I just don't like you. <laughs> like, okay, that's a little intense. That's a little intense. Uh I, I can't speak too much to the situation. Like, I don't know what's going on between between them, uh, them being, you know, Jason and, and Dame. But uh, social media, as you said, has completely changed the game because, you know, players can go out there now and players can directly interact with, with fans and media and tell their story and switch the narrative to what they want it to be. Uh, you go out there and you, you send out a tweet that says, you know, snake in the grass or whatever it was like, that wasn't happening in, in the year 2000, that wasn't happening right. in 1995. Right. I mean, there was no social media. If there was a beef, these, these things were handled, um, behind the scenes and taken care of. Um, as I told you, I mean, I, there's situations where like, I, I've written an article before and Terry Stotts didn't like my angle and, and Terry Stotts didn't have social. So it's like after practice, it's like a, yeah, didn't agree with the, uh, the article you wrote. It's like, Oh, of course I'm like a deer in the head. You like, say this to your okay, face. Coach. You say it like up, up in front yeah. of you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, coach. I'm sorry. Yeah. But at the same time, he's like, I, I respect it. I get why you did it. Like I've had him say that to like heard coaches say that to reporters before. Like, I don't agree with it. I get why you wrote it. Like it's fair. Like it's a, it's a fair opinion, but I don't agree with it. Like, um, so that happens. The thing that that uh, bothers me a little bit when a player goes and and tries to attack a member of the media and attack is a strong word. I do not think that Dame is attacking anyone. I think Dame was venting his frustration and directing that frustration at the person that I think he was was giving him that frustration. If that makes sense. What bothers me is I think there's a fine line. As I said to you, the, the quote that will live on in infamy forever, Spider-Man, right? With great power comes great responsibility. Yes, sir. Unless you're a, a journalist, unless you're breaking news that this someone is, is doing something off the rails. And this is I'm not attaching this to Dame in any way. But unless you're the reporter that that, you know, breaks like that that ray rice was is you know in a domestic abuse case right I, unless you're doing something like that there's nothing that you can write that's going to tarnish a player's image right or hurt his career there's nothing that that i can ever say right uh keith that would ever hurt damian lillard right i could say to you right now on this pod that i think damian lillard needs to be traded tomorrow doesn't change anything about Dame. Right. It, I can tell you that Dame is not top 10 in Blazer history. Doesn't change anything about his legacy. It's not an even playing field believe, as I don't, far also as... Don't, I also don't believe that. Yeah. Doesn't change anything. Right. If anything, people are going to tell me I'm crazy, but they're still going to love Dame. 
But Dame has the power to obliterate people. Right. Any any athlete could probably ruin a journalist's career in the modern day because they can take a beef to social and then down talk someone on social and just make them look like a fool. So it's with great power comes great responsibility. Absolutely. Now, all that being said, I think that this little thing that went on, I think this is honest to God. It's much ado about nothing. There, it's this. The, it's not as if the boat's rocking. It's not as if someone's trying to poke holes in the in the ship so that it sinks and now everyone's beefing. I think this is honestly, honest to God, and I've seen it so many times. It's just par for the course. The amount of times that a player and or a coach beef with a with a reporter at every any given moment would probably blow people's minds if they knew how often it really happens. It's just the thing, dude. These people are all adults. At the end of the day, they, they take care of it. They take they take they care of it. I've seen it happen before, where where a, a athlete takes offense to an article that was written or something that was said on social, voices their displeasure with it on social, just like Dame did. And then the next time they see each other in person, it's like, hey, you got a minute? I don't want to do an interview. I just want to. I just want to hash out what's going on. Like, you know, apologies all around. Let's just fit. and boom, it's it's right back to that working relationship. It's water under the bridge. But they just had to go through that quick little moment to get all the stuff off their chest. And I honestly just think that's what's going on right now. Much much ado about nothing. But as I said, fandoms. Fandom, short for fanatic, right? They're going to side with the player no matter what. That's what you do. You go to bat for him. He's your guy, right? So, again, much ado about nothing. And it's 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 fun fodder. It's a good it's a good story because we need something to talk about with how poor the team's been playing. But to me, and as an athlete, again, you're 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 completely free to go do what you want. But to me, Keith, unless that report or what they're saying is is taking unnecessary digs at at your character and who you are off the court and who you are as a person it's just it's just no sweat like if i'm if i say that you should be traded or (laughs) the blazers should consider this or you know person should probably look into retiring or he's not as whatever i say about your game it is what it is if i'm not calling you out on a personal level I don't know if there's that much to take offense to. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I get, and, and hey, for any anyone that wants to look up the old reference, it was Barry Trammell. Barry, uh, I'm not sure if that's how to say the last name, but uh, yeah. Barry Trammell and Russell Westbrook back in, I think, 2017 or something like that was the... Yeah, it's Trammell. 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 Barry Trammell. Barry Trammell. Uh, <laughs> Who, to his credit, knew for an entire year plus that Russell Wilson was only giving him one, one, Westbrook, one more yeah, answer yeah. and still asked... I say it every time. I'm sorry. <laughs> Russell Westbrook was only giving him one word answers um, and continued to ask questions every single yeah, day. Yeah. He, he was doing his job. Him. He was doing his job. And, and he was definitely getting unfairly treated by uh, someone, by a player who was having a very personal, emotional response to someone who's, who was trying to do their job just in a way that maybe didn't, uh, didn't, didn't run with the player smoothly enough. But I've seen it in different markets and different sports where you have seen athletes and and reporters beef. Like Barry Trammell didn't ever go personal. He was just, you know, he did something that made Russell Westbrook mad. But I've seen it before where you, the, the, the reporters are are taking it to a level that it shouldn't go to. That it goes beyond yeah, definitely. this this player is no longer a fit here and blah blah blah. And like you take a you take your little personal beef and put it in writing. Yeah. 
and and then fans see that and then players take offense so it does happen it shouldn't happen and i don't think it's happening now in portland i haven't seen it happen in my time here um but i mean there i think there was people who took offense because i think that uh i think that players felt that way back in the jailblazer era right like like people were just kind of taking it to the off the court and to personal stuff and i've seen it happen where, I, where I've, I've seen reporters say things and do things you're like what the where it becomes like a personal vendetta doing, dude? Like, like, a, a, like there's like a yeah, personal like mission so, here it's so unprofessional yeah and there's differences like like the guys who are at the games right now like like the beat reporters like they're they're reporters they're not characters like they're like like Skip Bayless says some outlandish stuff too, but Skip Bayless is a character. He's a character play. Like, yeah, he plays Stephen a Stephen A. Smith profile. says some crazy stuff. Stephen A. Smith is a character. Yeah, he plays a personality. Like those guys are, the, yeah, they're characters. Like it's no different than like a radio personality. Like they're <laughs> characters and they're playing this role and they're having fun with it and, and doing stuff because it gets ratings and it gets people talking. Um, but yeah, it's I've seen it. Like I said, I've seen it happen where it goes off the rails and becomes ugly. Um, and the PR teams usually do a good job trying to put that fire out as quick as they can. But uh, yeah, for any journalist who takes it beyond that, man, it's just it's it's unhealthy. It's I don't think it's a good uh, headspace to be in as a as a professional. Uh, anyone. Yeah. Like if you're just, yeah, if you're just trying to find ways to to take an anger out or a vendetta out on someone, it's just it's just weird. Like you and I have talked on this podcast before and you get up in arms because you hate when I bring up how I, <laughs> I do think that there's a reason that Portland could look into trading Dame at you? some point. But, A, I'm not saying it needs to happen tomorrow. I'm not saying it's plan A. I'm saying it's plan at the bottom of the list, however long that list is, but you have to plan for it because if you don't plan for it and then it comes to a point where it needs to happen, you're screwed because you didn't plan for it. But, at the same time, I'm not going to – it's saying that Dame needs to be traded. I'm not discounting the fact that he's probably at this point the second greatest Blazer to ever wear the jersey. He's probably the greatest Blazer when it comes to connecting with the fan base on an uh, on a incredible level uh, uh, to a level that almost supersedes basketball. Like Dame – like Dame – is the fan base in basketball player form. Yeah, even you, you said sense. second grade. It's like second grade is on the court, but I think there's argument in a lot of fans' minds that he is a That's clear number that. one. Yeah, yeah, like when you when you take in yeah. the off the court stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. Cause I think I think I think that Clyde is the is the greatest blazer because he's done he he's done something that Dame didn't, and that was take the team to the NBA finals and he did it twice. So Dame, until Dame gets there, I just don't know if Dame passes Clyde in my opinion. But that's just from a purely like on the on court, court perspective, side of thing, yeah. but but Dame Dame connects with this fan base as a whole more than Clyde does, because Clyde, even you look at the end of his career, like Clyde was a he was a Houston guy living in Portland. Right, he chose to Dame go back to wears Houston. the letter O because it represents Oregon, yeah. and and Oakland and Ogden and everywhere he's been, everywhere he, he sees goes, this as he home. Makes his. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a very unique and it's a it's a loyalty perspective, and fans love him. So he I, he connects on a on a way with the fan base that is is rare, absolutely rare to see. Oh, and so I think that's why fans put him above. And it's a very valid argument. And I totally see where you're coming from. I want to tease this real quick too before I move on. Uh, this has been kind of a side topic we've discussed as well as uh, it's been a discussion in in some other circles around uh, NBA fans. Uh, there's it, it's not just Dame. There's a growing number of players in the modern era. Giannis, uh, Trey Young, 
uh, Bradley Beal. A number of players that have spoken out very clearly saying, we, I have seen, I want to stay with this team. I want to be a one-team player for my entire career. Uh, and it's kind of interesting. Like Chris, you and I spoke... Was it last episode or was it the episode before that uh, about super teams? A a couple episodes ago, we were talking about the super team era and if it's come to a close and if this is kind of the new era as as maybe like the young players, the younger generation of players has kind of jumped in the opposite direction saying, uh, we want to be able to build a a legacy, essentially, in in, in one city, in one uniform. And I I think it's nice, man. I I feel like for a while, Dame was an outlier. And I think Blazer fans should take comfort in the idea that more and more, we're seeing young stars pop up with similar mentality, saying, I want to stay with this team. I want to be here. I don't want to worry about getting the most dollars uh, if it means that I have to move to three or four different cities over a 10-year career. Uh, So yeah, it's, it's, it's good news. Yeah, I think I think it, what you're what you're saying is spot on. But I also wouldn't be surprised if before their careers are done that maybe some of them maybe move. Dame does play some somewhere. How else. dare you? Maybe How dare Giannis you? does play somewhere. You could say Giannis could say Bradley Beal. You had to go Dame. You had to say that off the off the top. How dare you? <laughs> I love Those guys all preach their loyalty, and like Bradley Beal would probably have every right to go out there and be like, I want to go somewhere else because this team is just treading water. But he has openly expressed his loyalty to Washington and not wanting to go anywhere. Trey Young feels like a, a Atlanta Hawk lifer. Giannis is, has said about not wanting to leave, joked about maybe yeah, uh, yeah. going somewhere else now because he was good, but it was a joke. Like, uh, Dame, there. I, I brought this up when we started this conversation but i mean you look at what golden state's done dude i don't see draymond green clay thompson or seth curry or seth steph curry ever wearing another jersey (laughs) ever like i think the loyalty is there's still the players that are going to move and player movement is great for the league but i do think that this whole like there's only one or two guys who are loyal and super teams are the future i think that's done i think players are far more loyal to, to finding and I think there's teams guys out there that want to find the team that's preaches that loyalty back so that they can stay with that like you look at Jimmy Butler who bounced around right and like now if he, has he were home. in that Miami situation five years ago or at the start of his career he might not have left Miami like he feels like a Miami lifer now so yeah I, I think that loyalty part is I think there's a far more people who think like that I absolutely do anyway if you want to get in on these conversations Please come and join our spaces. We do a pregame spaces once a week, usually early in the week on a Monday or Tuesday uh, before one of the Blazers games that night. Also, if you can't make the pregame, come and join Seth Morgan uh, at Sheriff of PDX on the postgame shows. He does them after every Blazers game, about 15 minutes after the final buzzer. Twitter spaces, really fun medium fun format for us to talk to fans like you, get opinions from everyone out there. If you have an, If you have a take... You can just grab a mic and say it. It's not just about us having a discussion. It's not just about, oh, a live podcast. This is about any of you listeners, anyone who jumps in on the conversation at all can have a voice. You can get up there and share your opinion and we can break that down after that. This is where we're getting, what, I guess the last like 30 or 40 minutes of discussion you and I have had, Chris, has been off the spaces that we had last night. Uh, So let's actually talk about the game that followed because it was a big one. Hey, listeners, just wanted to jump in with a quick interjection here. We're about to talk about Anthony Simon's amazing 43-point game the other night. Going to discuss 
Are you still Team Nas or have you switched back to Team Ant? Breaking down Ant's fit in Portland's future as well as the highest ceiling among our backcourt players right now. But Chris and I got off on such tangents here that we didn't really mention one of the biggest headlines of the night and I just wanted to touch on that so it doesn't seem like we're ignoring anything. Anthony Simons shared with Brooke Olsendam in the post-game interview on the court that his grandpa just passed away the night before this game. That was incredibly brave uh, to be that vulnerable in such a spotlighted moment like that. I'm not trying to take away from anything that Ant is going through, but I want to see if maybe I can take a little inspiration from his vulnerability and share something that I've been struggling with myself uh, in that my grandpa also passed away right uh, around Thanksgiving earlier this year. Much like Anthony expressed on the court, he was really close with grandpa and our, our grandpa was uh, very much a central part of our extended family here in the area, uh, living in Milwaukee with all the rest of us nearby in the greater Portland area. He's also where we took our inspiration for naming our pup Q. But, you know, with, with COVID anxieties and all the other stresses we're all going through right now, and just all the separation that we're all experiencing, I've had a hard time since my grandpa passed, uh, I think dealing with that and kind of uh, accepting it. But hearing Aunt talk about it the other night, I'm not gonna lie, it, it put me in tears. I, I broke down a little bit in the moment. I feel for Anthony and the, the pain that he may be going through right now, but I'm also proud of him for how he shared it. And I thank him for giving me some courage to, you know, uh, by leading by example, maybe helping me deal with my own struggles as well. Just wanted to get that in there. Now we'll get back to some much more exciting and uplifting Blazer-centric talk. But yeah, on, as a closing note, rest in peace to Anthony Simon's grandpa and rest in peace, Grandpa Bob Q. Smith. Anthony Simons. This is basically the Anthony Simons game. Uh, we played the Hawks. We won 136 to 131. Trey Young had a massive game. Uh, shows up for 56 points in the end, 14 assists. But all of that in not, uh, all of that for not in the five point loss to the Blazers. Again, 136 131 in four quarters. No overtime here with that score. Anthony Simons counters Trey by going for 43 points. Seven assists, three re three rebounds in 38 minutes, stumbling over the least important side of his group there. Uh, but again, like I mentioned in the love hugs and hate mail earlier, Anthony, youngest Blazer to ever score 35 points. Now also, that was in 2019. Now also the youngest Blazer to score 40 plus points uh, this year. I believe he's 22 years old. So technically, he is still younger than Damian was when when Lillard started his career with the Blazers. Uh, if not younger, he's just about there. But yeah, it, it's, it is wild. He and Anthony Simons and Nas are like three years into their NBA career, and Dame would just now be starting. He would be getting drafted like this season. That's crazy. Does this change, Chris? Does this change your position on Team Ant versus Team Nas? If Blazers could only keep one, if we could only have one guy going forward and had to move one of these guys in all the upcoming trade drama that's about to happen between now and February 10th, uh, or whenever the trade deadline is. You still Team Nas?
Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. One, one forty-three point game does not change that. I think that you got to make sure you don't, you know, look at things with a with a recency bias, so to speak, and go, "Oh, well, his last game was really good. He's the one to keep." I think that, I think that in general, I think a lot of teams are seeing these performances from from Ant and. It's enhancing his already high trade value, in my opinion, just because a lot of players want a guard like him with that athleticism. Portland has two of them; they can afford to get rid of him if they need to. Um, that you know, maybe you can get something for him back and still keep CJ McCollum and still make your team better. Or maybe you don't get rid of him at all. Maybe you get rid of CJ and keep Nas and Ant, which would be a great situation for Portland. But if you had to lose one of those young guys, Keith, I look at I look at Ant and I see a, I see a guy who can go out there and get you buckets. He's going to score. He's proven that since day one, that he has that athleticism and that ability to go score. And it's really coming around strong this season. But what else do you see? Do you see a strong defender? Do you see a strong rebounder? Do you see all these other things that you want from that guard? No, I see a guy who's kind of built in the exact same mold as, as CJ McCollum, but with, like a little bit of a, a leaner frame and more athletic ability behind it. Like he's obviously, he's far more explosive than CJ McCollum is right. And a little bit quicker with Nas. I see a guy who's also coming around offensively, probably a little bit faster than a lot of people anticipated because his shot looked very poor. His rookie season, he's put a lot of work in there. So the offensive side is coming, but he's also, getting you those rebounds. He's getting you blocks. He's getting you assists. He's getting you steals. Like he's having games where he's filling up the stat sheet and doing a lot of little things and the things that aren't showing up on that box score. So, and for years and years and years, Keith, all Portland has argued about whether it be Neil Olshay talking about his roster or fans complaining about what they wanted done with the roster. There was one common crossroad there and it always came back to a three and d wing right three and d wing a yeah. guy who could, could hit your threes score from the wing but would obviously would play defense too and you're getting that with nasir little the conversation has never ever ever been we need a scoring guard we need a scoring guard. <laughs> so as good as anthony simons yeah. is, is showing right now one of those players is showing that he can fill everything you've wanted in that position for the last five, six years. The other is a scoring guard. Right. One is everything you need. One is something you haven't even contemplated. Needing. It's, it's, it's not even, games came into town. It's not even just everything. So you that need. should make it a non-debatable topic to me. It, 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 yeah, I, I completely agree. It's not even just that Nas is everything you need, as you put it. It's everything you've needed. He, he's the guy that the team has exactly. searched for four years. Like you said, Chris and, and Anthony Simons again. Yeah. I, I remember when Neil O'Shea, uh, and and I just anytime I get to say Neil O'Shea now, I'm happy because I know I get to throw in that Neil sound effect there. I'm gonna use it like three times in the last five seconds. That makes me happy to see you yelling in the background. Uh, but I, I I think back on when when Neil mentioned that Anthony Simons was this amazing top tier guard of the future or whatever he said. It was like his best draft pick, kind of like, like whatever he said. And it, it seemed so clear at the time. I, I remember thinking, wait, so what? We're just no longer caring about Dame. Like we're we're no longer in the Dame era because this is like we're already looking towards the future. I wasn't ready for that, and it just seems like he's not a fit for Portland. He's a fantastic player, but if we are here with one of the top guards in the league of his era, Dame Lillard, you 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 can't 
it, it's it's weird to me to suddenly shift so much towards Ant because they, they, they don't work together. Ant is not going to replace CJ. He's not the kind of player that can slot in for CJ. He's not bringing more defense. Uh, he looked really good running the offense last night. I'm not going to say that, but he's just... It's not the same. I, uh, would you agree? Would you would, would you disagree that he's just not he's not going to be even at Ant's best? He's his ceiling is not the same place as Dame's ceiling. Oh, I don't I don't think it's a Dame ceiling. I I think he I think he could slot in for CJ McCollum. Though. You think he could be a starting I mean, shooter? Oh, he's been on the record before saying that he prefers playing the two to the one. He mm. plays one more out of necessity for Portland, but he de- he has the frame, he has the ability, he has the shot. I think he could honestly easily play next. Okay, game. okay. But I just I'm willing I, to see I, I just I just don't think it will happen though. Because let me just slip this in here real quick. We had a listener question from PDX Rick. Shout out to him hey. at PDX Rick Two on Twitter. Asks where does Ant fit in on this team moving forward with Caesar returning, pending moves? Is he untouchable? Here's it. When you look at the the roster logically, Keith, to me the only the only sense it makes to keep Ant is if you're going full blown restart and getting rid of Dame and CJ, right? Which I just don't see happening, right? I think CJ is the guy you're trying to get out just because of the money and his talent is going to get you something in return. Because the logical point, and we've said this forever, the logical move is to move on from CJ. And start Norm at the two, especially if you get that wing in in in, in return, right? You, I, I think the Blazers are far better when Norm is at the two, and he's proven. I think that he plays better there. He has with CJ out, right? So that's that's the move you want to make. But if you trade, if you traded, if you traded Dame and got a wing in return, hypothetically, I think your best course of action would be to move CJ to point guard and still start Norm at the two. How dare you? Right. <laughs> and so no matter what you do in those those two situations, it looks like Ant is a bench guy. Yeah, he's not gonna start his and, and at that point, you have to try to get something in return, Keith, because he's going to command big money. And if he goes and hits the free agent market, you're gonna get nothing in return for him. Right. Because there's there's gonna be a team that probably offers Ant between fifteen to twenty mil. Cause they're like, Oh, this guy's going to be able to go score me 20 points a game. And he's going to kill, he's going to kill it, dude. Like, I mean, what, what uh, Gary Trent got 15. And I think ant is going to prove that he can be a more consistent and a better scorer. And I think a lot of teams are going to want to pay for that. I think obviously Gary is a, is a horse on the defensive end. Um, but not great, but good defensively. But I think ants, the better offensive player, and that's going to command big money. And Portland, even if they have, you know, he's a restricted free agent, they can match. Do you think I'm going to go match 15 mil, 20 mil for my backup guard? Right. Like, I just, I don't think that's what you do. It doesn't, again, you're, because then you're stuck. Even if you get rid of CJ, you're stuck right back where you were with all of your money lumped in on Dame, Norm, and Ant, three guards, and you're going to have 70 plus mil lumped in on all of them, right? So you just can't do it logically. So, Ant to me has to be mad trade bait because you got to be able to get a guy in return for him before it gets to a situation where he's gone and you're screwed because you can't afford to pay him to keep him and someone else gets him for nothing. And the good news of this is that Ant has a game like this and it's all it's going to do is raise that value. It's only going to make it easier for him to be appealing to another team. They're going to see a player that yeah, he could be this he could be a starting shooting guard for someone. He could run an offense too. You saw that really crisp, clean bounce pass that he had. I think it was like even a crossover 
kind of bounce pass across the court uh, in the in the win, and it felt good, man. I, I think Ant has shown a lot of his value, but I'm with you. He's just not going to be. He's not in position to have a starting spot for the Blazers, whether it's the one or the two guard. And to be clear for fans too, next year we're looking at a qualifying offer. He's under contract this year for just under four million. It's a qualifying offer next year to put him in restricted free, uh, free agency, and yeah, that, that's just I don't think it's really a, a position the Blazers can afford to be in right now since we're already fighting with the luxury tax. We're trying to get underneath. We're not looking to kind of sign that offer where then we're going to work on a bigger contract. Would you is that is that accurate in your mind as well? So as you talk about quali- qualifying offer, yeah. So they they offer that to him, but he still would have a almost a twelve million dollar cap hold if they offer him the qualifying qualifying offer, which just hurts him in free agency. Yeah, we don't have the room. So, we don't have the room for that. Yeah, so it's going to hurt you in free agency because you're just not going to have any money because of that extra cap hold. And then, again, if you do match any deal, it's it's going to hurt you. And so you're just if you if you match your deal with Ant, you're like I said, you're just back, right back at square one. You're you you have your money lumped into three guards. And as much as I like Ant and I like his upside, and honest to God, maybe maybe five years from now. And because I mean, the dude's so freaking young, which is just crazy to me. He's 21. Um, maybe five years from now, his career trajectory and where he is, like he's a better player than Norman Powell or he's a better player than than 26-year-old C.J. McCollum was. And you're getting to see a superstar in the making. But if we're looking at that short window and what's happening next year, he's not better than C.J. McCollum. No. Or Dame, or Norman Powell. Or Norm. He's not going to be a starter. Well, and, and I think, so you have to get. I think that's the big one. You have think, to get what you can out of him. Yeah, I, and I think the big comparison is uh, going to be Ant versus Norm. Like you're not comparing. Like Dame is locked in, and CJ is the trade piece, at, at least as far as the general perception. So I feel like what it comes down to is Ant versus Norm, and I don't think it's much for comparison. I don't think you look at Ant as being on the same level of Norm uh, when uh, Norman Powell. When it comes no. to being a competitive team trying to compete for a championship right now, and is a developing piece, sure, and it could be good for a young team, but it's not the same thing. I think Blazer fan needs to come to terms with the fact that I think there's still a legitimate stand, uh, chance that Anthony Simons becomes a star. Yeah, and I mean, not like for a us, guy though. maybe gets an All Star game under his belt before it's all said and done because he's going to be that good. But with the Blazers roster as it's currently constructed, they cannot afford to keep it. Okay. They just can't. Quick quick question on here. Uh, just rapid fire answer before we move on for this. Who has the higher ceiling between Anthony Simons, CJ McCollum, or Norman Powell? Like who who would have like because you you what what made me think of this is you mentioned Anthony would have an all-star game under his belt when it's all said and done. CJ has yet to have an all-star game. I don't think Norman does either. I'm, I'm positive Norman Powell doesn't have an all-star no. either. Uh, so who has a higher ceiling? Because I feel like right now we're both saying CJ Norman better players, better fit for the Blazers at the very least. But uh, would you put Ant as the better player overall? No, I still think it's CJ McCollum. It's CJ. I don't. I, I, the, but CJ McCollum not making an all-star game is not because of CJ McCollum's talent. It's, right. a, it's, it's more of a, a circumstance. If CJ McCollum were in the Eastern Conference, he would have made an all-star game by now. Right. Like, he has competed for the guard position his entire career, getting votes with uh, Steph Curry, Damian Lillard getting votes at the same time, Clay Thompson getting votes, uh, James Harden getting votes. Like, 
all the best point guards and shooting guards were in the West for such a long stretch. Like he was not, it was not, I'm not making all-stars because I'm not a good, good player. It was, I'm not making all-star games because I'm just not going to be outvoting Steph and Dame and Luka Doncic, right? And, and, and like I said, James Harden and Devin Booker, who just, who just hit an all-star game. And now that he's here, like I'm battling with, with Chris Paul right, in the West right. for votes. You had Russell Westbrook that entire time. And yes, people dog him now, but he did win an MVP at one point. Like, like he just, Paul George is, is, is a guard. So you are, just handicapped by how many guards there are. So I don't think not making an all-star game is an indictment on CJ's career at all. Like he's good enough to make one just circumstantially wasn't going to. Right. Um, But if you look at them, I think Ant's going to be a good scorer when it's all said and done. CJ McCollum is a certified bucket. CJ. So CJ McCollum is, I think, I, hands down has been in that argument as one of the best scoring two guards in the NBA for a long time now uh, there. That's why there was always the debate. Who's the, I mean, it right. shouldn't have been a debate, but it was a debate. Like there was time where the three best backcourts in the league were John Wall and Bradley Beal. Yep. Dame and CJ and Steph and Clay and, and Steph. Yeah. Right. And then there was that short window in about 2018 and then that run in 2019. We're like, are we getting into a point where Dame and CJ are are better than Steph and Clay? No, they're not. Uh, but they were in that conversation. And part of that was because CJ was just a bucket, just a bucket getter yeah. and will always be a bucket getter. <laughs> and I just don't know if I think – I don't think Ant's going to develop in the uh, uh, all-star stopper defensively. And CJ wasn't either. And you just look at them, how they are scoring wise. Like, yes, it was great that he went and had a 43 point game, but Ant still doesn't score buckets at the same clip that CJ McCollum does. All right. Um, We, I think, I do think though, Ant will be better than Norman Powell when it's all said and done. Norman Powell is just the perfect two way player to fit into a championship roster. A guy that's going to go get you 15 points a night and get you defensive stops. But over like, Ant's going to be a stud. So, so we're, but uh, I, I agree with you, but to be clear, we're going CJ, Ant, Norm, as far as the overall evaluation of how we think these players will play out for the course of their career. But what we're saying is the best yes. fit for the Blazers is Norm. It's Norm. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. It's such a, it's because a quandary. Those, those, it's just a weird those thing. do not have to be connected. Right. No, they I'm, I'm with you. Have to be it's connected. about fit. Because especially if you were able to trade Dame, or excuse me, trade CJ or Ant and get a, a, both of them and get a wing in return that is an all-star caliber forward then norman powell slots in perfectly because right. he doesn't need to be your number two scorer right yeah cj needs to be your number two scorer ant is gonna go be a number two or a number three scorer some somewhere one day norm is best suited to be your your third fourth option and play on both play sides of both the ball. ways yeah he's just a perfect situational player so i i you're on board with me. You get what I, I'm no, saying. No, I'm, I'm with you. It's just such a funny thing. It's such a weird thing to be yeah. like, to, to basically take the third place dude of these three guards that Blazers have right now and say that third place dude is the one we want, even though we know the other two are probably going to be better players long term. It's a weird thing. But yeah, this is this is what it, it comes down to when you're talking about timing uh, and roster construction because roster construction matters, Neil. Uh, so yeah. listen, fans, if you want to get in on this debate, talking about guards, talking about any of the other positions, please... Come and join the next spaces, like we said earlier. Next week, 
Uh, what's it gonna be, Chris? Let's look at the games real quick. I'll plug this in here. I don't know. I live my life one day at a time. <laughs> Let me just look at the game schedule. Hoop Spaces on Twitter. Early in every week, we're doing a pregame one-hour show. This next week is going to be Monday before the Nets game. So we're talking 6 p.m. on on Hoop Spaces, on Twitter Spaces. Come and join us for a live conversation where the idea is fans, you guys share your opinion. You let us know what you're thinking about it. It's not just us talking back and forth. It's hearing from you. So then we can take your opinion the next day and rehash it into our own podcast. Beyond that, please come and join our Discord as well. In the same sense, if you want to come debate, Ant versus Norm versus Dame, if you want to talk about bigs, if you want to talk about uh, upcoming games, if you want to have live chats during the games, joke around after the wins and losses, and eventually take part in live episodes that Chris and I are doing through Discord, come and join our Discord server. The episode or the link is in the episode description. That's really all the all the housekeeping I gotta do. Chris, we have one final topic I want to touch on, but we're already pretty good in overtime, so maybe we save this one for uh, for more of a deep dive next week. But we had another listener question from Brandon McIntyre, at Brandon McIntyre on Twitter. I'd love to see more of what we saw last night. Dame, go get healthy and let the young bucks get some reps and we'll give it a go next year. Wouldn't it be awesome to see what Ant, Nas, Norm, and company could do? Sure, we'd lose a lot, but we'd get a high pick and they'd be fun to watch. Dame. There's a big question around whether Dame will rest and uh, get surgery, if the team can tank, if we're throwing away this season, if it's about time to make that decision that it's just not worth trying to compete this year, we need to wait till, it's, it's better for the Blazers to wait till the roster is healthy. I say all this uh, because we had an update from Shauna Hyken the other night uh, saying he talked to Chauncey Billups about if there's been any talk of shutting down Damian Lillard for any extended period uh, since the ab injury seems to not be improving. He got a cortisone shot. He came back and played well for a couple games, but then you could tell it didn't really stick. Uh, he was still having trouble. So Sean Hyken relays that Billups says they're going to have a meeting soon, putting all heads together, quote-unquote, and Sean says this is presumably Dame, Billups, and Cronin to talk it through. Uh, Sean Hyken then follows up saying more Chauncey on the potential of, Dame, of shutting Dame down Quote, I think that's probably going to be the route that we go if he doesn't get some kind of relief there. Unquote. So, from Sean Hyken, from Chauncey Billups, it seems more and more likely that we are looking at Dame getting shut down for the season, which would indicate the Blazers realize we don't have a chance to compete. They're hoping to maybe improve their draft stock a little bit since our draft pick uh, is only ours if we get really bad, <laughs> to put it simply. Uh but let's, again, we can break this down more next episode, but just as far as kind of the surface thing, what this would mean, if Dame gets shut down, we're going to see more of Ant, more of Nas, more of kind of these young guys that we can maybe hope to, you know, see what kind of trade value some of them would have, what kind of value they would have, others would have for the team. CJ McCollum coming back from his injury, eventually, uh, you would hope that he gets some good run as well, maybe ups his trade value. Is there anything I'm missing here, Chris? How does this change your perspective on the season going forward? Uh, how do you think fans should feel about the idea that, yeah, they're basically saying if, if I don't think anyone is has any illusions that if Dame gets shut down, we're not competing for a playoff spot, much less maybe even a play-in spot. Well, I'm never 
I'm never team tank. I don't right. like it. Yeah, not um, at all. Just because I think the goal should be to win. Uh, but I am team shut Dame down if you need to. Yeah. Because with the way the team has played already this year, it's obvious that the roster needs tweaking. And as it's currently constructed, they're not going to go deep anyway. As it's currently constructed, even though I still believe they're a playoff caliber team, they're just not getting there. Yep. And if you continue to roll Dame out for three games and then sit him for two and then roll him out for two and sit him for four, it's just not healthy. So I am pro T pro shut Dame down and get him healthy. And then at the same time, like you were saying, do what you need to do. Get the run out of the young guys, get a big run out of CJ McCollum and maybe increase their trade values and get something in return at the end of it. And maybe you get a good draft pick. Maybe you still make the playoffs when it's all said and done. And then Chicago gets your pick and it doesn't even matter anyway. <laughs> you know, the chance of hitting big when you're drafting at 16 or 17 ain't, you know, it's hard anyway, but to continue to roll Dame out and risk injury is just stupidity. Cause it's obvious that this this is a lingering thing, yeah. which I think should raise flags because Dame has played with this injury for years and years. it's really never got to a point where he's had to rest for three or four games and then be reevaluated multiple times. So just let it get healthy. Let him take the surgery if that's the course that you need to do and let everyone else run. And who knows, man? This team, like everyone else, I mean, they were decimated by COVID, but but who says that once everyone's out of protocols and that CJ McCollum comes back, that this team still can't put it together and make a run to the playoffs? Because they're still a good team. There's like talent, with CJ McCollum but... and a and a healthy Nance and a healthy Rocco and a healthy Norm and a healthy Ant and a healthy Nas and a healthy Nurk and a healthy Zeller. Like they're they're still a good team, and so maybe they still get into that play that play in. And meanwhile. You know, Nas ends the season as a stud starter and he's averaging 20 and 10 and you're just having fun. Like, you're just having fun. You're just having fun watching it, you know? But if you change that, if you pivot to that right now, Keith, and you allow the fan to pivot with it and to understand what's coming, I think that the fan would get a much more enjoyable experience for yeah. the rest of the season. And, and, and that's because, just it. Yeah, because I'm gonna, if I'm going to go into a game knowing, hey, I'm just going to get a chance to see Ant and Nas and CJ run the show and have a little bit of fun, win or lose, whatever. But we know what the goal here is. It's much. It's an easier pill to swallow, right? Well, and, and let me let me just compare to the game the other night against the Hawks. We knew Damon and CJ were both sitting out that game. We knew Trey Young was in. We we knew on paper the Blazers were not in a good spot. But yeah, it, it wasn't like we were just seeing a bunch of players we weren't familiar with. You're seeing Ant. You're seeing Nas. You're seeing Norm Nurk. You're seeing a lot of these guys play. Put in minutes, uh, guys you've cheered for, guys you want to root for, but without Damon CJ, there was still this kind of mentality of just go out and get this one, just go play well for this right. game. Uh, and right. it's, it was nice to watch, man. It was exciting, and yeah. So if if Dame's got to get shut down, I'm not against it. I don't think it's uh, the worst thing for his health long term, and and I do think. When you talk about the Blazers and the roster construction issues we've had this year. It's probably just the best strategic move. It's probably just the right thing to do. Uh, so anyway, as far as all this goes, Dame is listed as missing at least the next three games. And then he'll undergo further evaluation on the abdominal injury. So that means the next three games being the Heat, uh, the Cavaliers, and the Kings. 
Then after that, we've got the Nets coming up on, on the following Monday. We will have the pregame spaces for that one. Please come, please come and join us. Uh, followed by the Nuggets, Wizards, and Magic. So, I don't know if... I don't really know when they bring Dame back for any of that. We'll see how the evaluations go. Uh, but like we're saying, Chris, it might be that we don't see a whole lot of Dame going forward. It might be more of a season for the young guys and just kind of maybe uh, trying to build on something for next year. And I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. Yeah. Well, if anything, it maximizes next year. It keeps that window open rather than hurting Dame more and closing it. So exactly, exactly. I, having Dame's window extended in Portland is the, is the priority here, and I don't think you do that by it. To be right clear, now. though, to be clear, as I said, I'm still not pro tank. Right. I would much rather say, hey, we're shutting Dame down, and we're gonna let the young guys rather than play like rather than playing all the G League guys and yeah, purposely yeah. trying to play bad. We're just gonna let the young guys go out there and kill it and if we get it to the playoffs we get it to the playoffs but we're gonna go out there the goal is going to be to win game let aunt Nur- we just won't have dame for the for a few months let aunt and we're norm- just gonna have fun sorry so i'm cutting you off let aunt norm uh nas nerd come in and run the show let nance do his work let's have some good basketball for it eventually you get cj back you could win games that's not a bad roster overall when you look at aunt cj norm nas nerk and nance a lot of ends in there but i think we got a lot of w's that could be possible oh how about that a little transition uh i i i don't think it's a bad team to watch overall i think you get a lot of athleticism you get a lot of hustle a lot of guys that want to win games but uh yeah it, it might just put us in a better position long term uh for when we yeah. kind of restructure this roster around dame the way it should have been done many years ago if not for or just throwing that last sound effect that last meal bit. Anyway, fans, once again, if you want to join us uh, in discussions, next Monday, before the game against the Nets, 6 p.m., we will have our next spaces. Outside of spaces, please come and join Discord. You can talk to us at any time. Submit questions. Have game day chats. Eventually, we'll have live episodes as well on Discord. The link for that is in the episode description today. Chris, that's about all I got for you, bro. Thank you, as always, for, for, for putting up with this, for putting up with me and the... And the and the snow and the timing and the slush and and the crazy crazy neighbors out here and and the dogs tippy tapping around the wood floors. But uh, yeah, thanks, sir. You better get on the ball. My studio is gonna be done, and you're still gonna be in your living room, bro. See, I didn't even mention the studio. I was trying to leave that part out of it, but you're not wrong about that either. <laughs> I'll get there. I, I like I said, my money's on you. You'll get there first, but uh, oh, I'll follow along eventually. In closing, your honorable listeners, that's it. That's our show. Thank you, thank, thank you, Chris Burkhart. Thank you, Odar, for the fat beats, and thank you, listeners, for a great listening. We hope you enjoy your Blazers, your Rip City basketball, and our latest episode. Thank you again, and please come back next week for the next edition of the Trailcasters. <laughs>